Hey everybody, welcome to the Design by the Hive show where I get to dive deep into designer brains and disentangle their craft in order to gain insights on their creative process, the magical utensils they use to make sparks fly, and their personal recommendations of resources worth studying. This episode is a Q&A with cinematographer Kevin Horn, where he talks about the best career advice he's ever received, dealing with ego, and study materials. During our conversation, Kevin's mic got hit, and I didn't realize that it was affecting his audio until it was way too late. Despite that being the case, his answers were incredibly insightful, so I've decided to move forward with posting this episode Despite the poor audio quality, I hope you will forgive me and please enjoy. Tell me the story of how you came to be a cinematographer and photographer. So I got my start in cinematography and photography by making skateboarding films with my friends when I was in high school. Um, videotaping and taking pictures was just kind of a natural part of our activity um, to kind of watch ourselves grow and get better. And um, they're both two different but very similar kinds of, kinds of art forms. Um, and so that's kind of how I got started out using a camera, um, which eventually led to me studying cinematography and film school um, in Minneapolis. Um, and from there, I went on to shoot feature films, music videos, and, and commercials, and I'm also self-publishing photo books to this day. What was your biggest fear when you first started your career? I think my biggest fear when I first started out in this business was um, that I didn't have a whole lot of resources coming out of school, and so I was really going to have to work hard to make connections and kind of build a network without a whole lot of help. Um, and so a big fear of mine was that I would, it'd be really hard to find work and also it would be hard to make a living. What was your parents' initial reaction whenever you told them that this was the career that you were going to pursue? I think my parents always knew that I wanted to do something camera oriented. Um, but they were a little skeptical that it would be a business that would allow me to support myself. Uh, my parents come from different backgrounds, so they never really worked in the arts or creative field. Uh, my mother was an interior designer, so she kind of comes from an arts. Um, she has kind of an artful mind, and um, so she understands the creativity. But I think she had a hard time grasping that this was something that I could make a living at here in Minnesota. Um, so they were a little bit nervous that I was going to have a hard time supporting myself, but they were confident that, you know, I would be able to, um, succeed on my own and at least make successful art or successful videos. Cause I had been doing it for so long. So they, they were confident in my abilities, but I think they were just a little bit nervous that it would be a difficult and very competitive industry for me. What is the best career advice that you've ever received? Um, I think the best career advice I've ever received came from um, acclaimed cinematographer Frederick Elms. Uh, I worked on a movie with him a few summers ago, and I had the chance to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him at a rap party. And I was kind of asking him how he got started out in the business and you know, if 
if he ever had a hard time finding work and if he got nervous when he wasn't getting work. And um, I asked him if he, a lot, a lot of times in the industry, cinematographers will kind of climb the ranks and start from the bottom and work their way up to a cinematographer. And it can sometimes take many, many years. Um, but I knew that that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a cinematographer and a cinematographer only. And Fred Elms told me, if you want to be a cinematographer, then be a cinematographer. Just keep working on shooting, work on your own personal projects. Um, and even if it means not getting as much work, uh, just stick to your guns and, and focus on being a cinematographer. Don't try to be anything else. You said you met him at a rap party? Yeah, uh, we, we, uh, that means uh, we worked on a movie together. And at the end of the production, they, when the production is all wrapped up, um, we, there's a party for the, the movie production and the people who worked on the movie. So at the party, I got a chance to have a little conversation with him. Okay, thank you for clearing not that like, up. I can't yeah, picture like music yeah. or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like hardcore karaoke. Um, oh, that'd be pretty fun. But no, not that kind of party. Who do you consider to be your mentor or mentors if there's more than one? So I unfortunately haven't had the opportunity to have any mentors in my industry. Um, I'm a bit stubborn when it comes to reaching out and asking for advice, and I like to kind of find my own way. So I've never reached out and found a mentor within my own industry or creative field. However, I would consider my parents to be my closest mentors. Um, they both taught me since I was young how to work hard and be persistent and never to give up. Um, and they kind of taught me hard work from sports early on as a child all the way through until now in my current field. And they've kind of seen the ups and downs of my career and seen me when I'm flourishing and seeing that they've seen me when times are a little bit tougher and work is hard to come by. Um, but they always are there to support me and remind me, like, if you keep working at it and you never give up, it's going to work itself out. So I consider my parents to be my biggest mentors. What are the biggest misuses of time when working on a project? I'd say the biggest misuses of time, um, is focusing on the wrong things. A lot of times in cinematography or photography, people get hung up on technical things and gear um, when really what matters the most is the story that the artist is trying to tell. Um, so a lot of times, whether it's on a movie or a commercial or even a personal photo project, um, people spend a lot of time worrying about what camera they want to use when what's really important is focusing on um, expressing one's artistic voice and and really telling a visual story, it's it's uh, it's something that I that I think a lot of young artists specifically um, struggle with is focusing on the wrong thing and sometimes an easy thing to get distracted by is technology and equipment um, and I think that kind of spans a lot of creative fields in general is focusing on easy things like you know the tools and the equipment but really those are just there to help you serve your vision so i think the best use of time is to figure out how to creatively express yourself and how to tell a story properly even at a professional level what mistakes are most common in your profession i would say a lot of 
mistakes that I see being made are people getting too comfortable in their in their field or in their position, um, which sometimes leads to laziness. Um, if you're in kind of in the same routine every day, whatever your job may be, you end up getting pretty comfortable and you stop challenging yourself and then you become, you can become lazy in your work. Um, and so the work starts to suffer. Um, so I think constantly trying to challenge yourself and try out new things and making yourself vulnerable is, is a great way to avoid that. And it's a great way to continually, uh, improve your work. Um, I also think that people don't pay attention, pay attention to the little details, um, and let things, um, kind of slide sometimes. And, and I believe that in photography and cinematography, every little detail should be deliberate and should help tell a story. So paying attention to those little details is very important to me. Um, I also think that people sometimes let their ego take over. And sometimes it's hard for cinematographers or photographers to realize whose vision it is that they've been hired to, to serve. Um, so, for example, if I get hired for a commercial or if I get hired to shoot a short film for somebody, I do have a lot of creative say in, in the process and, and how the product looks. But at the end of the day, it's the director's vision that I'm serving or it's the client's vision that I'm serving. So I have to remember that it's not my project. It's it's a whole team that's working together. So sometimes uh, cinematographers and filmmakers can... It's, it's very, very important, important to remember, remember that, this, this, that these industries, cinematography in particular, are very collaborative. And it's not just one person creating something. It's a whole team. So it's important that the cinematographer works well together with clients or director. You just said that that you should pursue to grow as a creative and not stay static. What, or is there any exercise that you use to help stretch your creative abilities, like an exercise you learned while studying cinematography or even just meditation? Yeah, yeah something, something that, that I... I try, I try to, to practice on each job, job that, that I get is to try out some sort of new approach or technique, uh, whether it be something with lighting, whether it be a new camera technique or camera move or try out new lenses, um, or just maybe take a different approach. I, I, it's very easy to get comfortable with your own personal style and maybe sometimes it's trying out a new style altogether. Or, or trying, trying a new genre. genre. Um, so, so on each job, job I, try I try to exercise a new technique or a new approach to something, if I have the ability. Um, and it's, it's sometimes, sometimes it's a little risky when you're shooting for a big, big client um, on a commercial job, but on music, music videos, I've found that it's a really fun and creative way to try out um, something, something new with very little risk. risk. Um, Musicians and artists are generally open to trying out and experimenting new things. Um, and so if I'm successful in those experiments, sometimes I'll bring those to a commercial or a film. If you could give your 25-year-old self career advice, what would that advice be? This, answer, this question is, is uh, interesting to me because I'm actually only 27 years old, so... 
I've been giving, giving myself advice from two years ago. ago. Um, but I, I, I try, try to remind myself of this advice often, and I, I, I give this advice to a lot of people, um, particularly the younger people, um, that life and your career is not a race. So, you know, you know stop, stop trying, trying to get, get to the finish line. line. Um, success, however you may define it, uh, can take years, it can take decades, it can take your entire career. In, in some, some cases, cases, it happens overnight, but that's, that's really not what, what it's about. about. Um, so, so I think good advice that I try to follow myself and give other people is to just focus on getting better, study your own work, study other people's work, um, and just enjoy the journey instead of trying to win the race overnight. Because um, otherwise, you're not going to have any fun and you just got to stress yourself out trying to... Trying to achieve this instant success and really success should be enjoyed over an entire career, not just in a short amount of time. I think it's really easy to focus on the immediacy of success because because of the advent of social media and the internet. We see success popping up all around us and often we see success stories of younger people and young creatives and we strive to get to that point right away. But we, but we have, have to remember that that's, that's very uncommon, uncommon. Um, and, and it's not necessarily the best way to get there. So, so I, think I think just really kind of breathing and letting our careers, careers unfold as, as, they, are, as they, they may be naturally rather than, than trying to force it to happen. I like that. Kind of like just enjoy the process. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, if you had to train me for a competition in four weeks and you had a million dollars on the line, what would the training look like? Yeah, yeah so this, this question, question, I'm a little unsure of what <laughs> this, how this could apply to what I do. I'm trying, trying to think of like some kind of competition that would... Like some kind of film competition that involved cinematography, I guess. And Okay, okay sure. Yeah, yeah so... Um, I've never, I've never had to train anybody, anybody for competition, competition, but we do in, in, in the film world have um, film competitions or where you have a short amount of time to create a film and um, you have some parameters and guidelines given by the contest. So I guess if I had to train somebody how to be a cinematographer, um, I'd probably... Man, that's a tough one. Um, it's so much... It's a, Really, really, being, being a cinematographer or a photographer is kind of a, a, a life work kind of thing, and, and it's hard, hard to condense it into four weeks. But um, I, guess I guess I would spend a short amount of time teaching them the basics of photography and cinematography and kind of the mechanics of it, just so they have an understanding of how things work, how the camera operates, how light influences images. And then I would perhaps uh, have them shadow me on a couple of shoots so they can see what uh, uh, how a shoot operates and how a film set looks. Um, and then I would probably lastly show them some of my favorite films and some books that can hopefully inspire them to create something great. Um, but it's really hard to train somebody to be a cinematographer. I've actually taught a class on cinematography. It was a very short and condensed class. Um, and it was hard to fit it all in into a short amount of time because 
I'm, I'm, I'm still, still learning, and I'm, I'm going, going to be continuing to learn throughout the rest of my career. So the best, the best you can do is kind of lead by example and, and show somebody how you do something, but really it's up to somebody to learn on their own and to make mistakes. Um, but if I only have four weeks, weeks, I guess that's kind of how I do it. <laughs> It's a long-winded answer, but... No, it was good. Thank you. What tools would you recommend to someone who is learning about cinematography? Sure. Um, so, so as far as, far as equipment, equipment, I would say if somebody is just starting to get into cinematography, um, before I give them equipment, I would probably have them study some films um, and... Learn up on some of the basics of how cameras work and and how light works um, before they even start shooting. I think it's important to understand the mechanics of cinematography before you start actually using a camera. Um, so once I guess once uh, somebody has kind of learned those sides of the craft, then. I would, I would say, say whatever, whatever their budget, whatever they can afford in their budget, maybe go out and buy a camera or rent a camera. Um, and then just start practicing. Um, Canon and Nikon both make amazing digital um, SLR cameras that have full photo and video features now and can shoot up to 4K video. And I'd say whatever you can get your hands on, just grab a camera and start shooting whatever, just shoot everything and anything and kind of figure out how things work on your own and make mistakes and try out new techniques and approaches. And uh, that's kind of how I started. I just started shooting everything I could and figured out what I liked and what I didn't like and what I was good at and what I struggled with. And I just kind of worked on it for a while. You said that you would start off by having them watch a few films. Are there maybe at least three films that you would recommend off the top of your head? Yeah, yeah when, when it comes, comes to cinematography, I would, I would say if I had, had to pick three that, that heavily influenced me, um, these, these these films tend to be a bit darker um, in subject matter, and also they, they're, they're dramas, so they're technically lit a little bit contrastier. Um but, but the film, film that got me um, interested in cinematography was Requiem for a Dream by Darren Aronofsky. Um, and then also No Country for Old Men by the Coen Brothers. And then lastly, I'd have to say a more recent and more modern example of cinematography that I think a lot of younger people um, really appreciate is Drive. Oh, I love that movie. That is such yeah. a good movie. Yeah, Drive is a really great one, both for story direction and also cinematography. Awesome. I'll have to check out those other two. If people had to teach themselves about cinematography or photography, are there any instructional books that you would recommend to them? Yeah, yeah I, would I would say um, for, for cinematography, something that I studied when I was in school was um, it comes in both the book and DVD format. Um, there's uh, interviews that are transcribed from the video interviews into a book format. So it's called Cinematographer Style. Um, it's interviews with many, many, many Hollywood cinematographers, um, and they actually light their own interviews the way they like to light things. So that's, that's a, a very influential, influential 
um, documentary that I would recommend to anyone who is interested in cinematography. Um, and then also the American Cinematographer Magazine is something that I've been subscribing to since I started out as a business. And I'd highly recommend that to prospective uh, filmmakers as well. Um, and when it comes to photography, I would say pretty much any basic how-to book on photography, if you haven't even started shooting it, um, just so you can get an understanding of the mechanics of the camera, um, how things work. Um, and then there is a photographer by the name of Matt Day who has a very, very incredibly thorough YouTube account where he does how-tos and he describes different products and he reviews cameras. Um, and, and so he's been heavily influential in when I first started getting into photography, specifically film photography. Um, and he's a very helpful resource and he's a friend of mine. And so I would recommend anybody to Matt Day's podcast as well. He has a podcast and a YouTube account. What is his podcast called? It's called The Shoot. Um, and I was actually fortunate to um, be on his show. Um, but he, he does interview um, various photographers. I think he has a podcast come out, I would say, almost weekly or bi-weekly. What fiction novel do you gift the most? That's a tough one for me. I... Um, I actually don't read a lot of fiction. I'm more of a non-fiction kind of person myself. Um, there is a book. It can be non-fiction. Okay. There is a book, and it's actually photography-related. Um, it's called Photographs Not Taken. It is a book of essays um, by various um, professional photographers, and they're talking about moments in their, their career, career where they're, they're unable to make a photograph for whatever reason. So in each essay, the photographer is telling a story of a moment that they saw that they wish they could have photographed, but for one reason or another could not produce a photograph. So in a way, it's, it's a photo book with no photos because it kind of forces you to visualize the story or visualize the photograph on your own. Yeah, it's, I, I'd recommend it to not even just photographers, but anybody in general. It's a great what if you could just let us know where where you can be found on the internet, either social media or a website. Sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, my, my website, website is kevinhornography.com. So, so my, my name is Kevin Horn, Horn and then there's just biography at the end. end. Um, and then, then I can, can be found on Instagram by the handle Kevin underscore Horn. Hey there, ladies and gents, this is Ines again. Before you take off, just a few things. Number one, if you're interested in checking out anything that was discussed during the podcast, you can check out the show notes with all of that information by following the link in the description. Also, this is Design Dose, a short email where I share a quick behind the scenes of what I'm currently drooling over in the design world. It's just a fun piece of goodness for you to chew over before you get hit by the work week. It includes favorite design pieces I've discovered, interesting design articles, and other crazy magic that I've managed to stumble upon. Check it out. Just go to designbythehive.com and drop in your email to get the very next one. Until next time, thank you for listening.